Afghanistan is getting worse. This might be the end of the line for old Joe. And his last press conference might be the final straw. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Now, I didn't talk too much about Afghanistan yesterday. Today, we have to. And I want you to listen to something. Now, I when I first initially heard this, I thought it was just a dumb question, and this just shows how stupid the press is. But this turned out, after I actually listened to it, it was a really good question. And Jen Psaki did exactly what the Biden administration continues to do. Let's listen. Uh, yesterday, the Conservative Transparency Group, Judicial Watch, released uh, Secret Service records on dog bites involving uh, the first dog, uh, Nature. One email said that Secret Service agents were bitten every single day for eight days from March 1st to March 8th, and that a White House visitor was as well. Um, at a March 9th briefing, uh, you only described one biting incident to us and described the dogs as being carried, uh, whisked back to Delaware on a pre-planned trip to visit family friends. Um, obviously, that is not the world's most important story, but it is significant because we expect honest information even for minor stories. Um, so can you explain to us why uh, there was a kind of misleading account presented to us? And if we can't get honest information about minor stories, why should we have faith in the administration's uh, account for larger issues like Afghanistan? I know you do keep the dog in the news in the briefing room, so thank you for that. Um, as we've stated previously, uh, Major has had some challenges adjusting to life in the White House. Uh, he has been receiving additional training, as well as spending some time in Delaware, where the environment is more familiar to him and he is more comfortable. I don't have any additional specifics, but I think that speaks to where Major is located, to be fully transparent in your, in your ongoing interest in the dog. Go ahead. She is terrible. She is absolutely terrible. That's not what he asked. Not how the dog was doing. See, this is the one thing you need to do. We need to do all learn from politicians. Politicians, they do not want to answer the question that they're asked. They want to answer the question that they want to answer. And that's exactly what Jen Psaki did. He wasn't asking her about the dog. He was saying, you lied about the dog. And if you lied about something as innocuous as a dog biting somebody, why should we believe you with Afghanistan? That's a great question. And she just completely ignored the question. And before he was able to say, hey, that's not what I asked you, she moved on to a different reporter. Great question. And see, that's what we're seeing. And when we get to Biden's speech today, this is going to be a longer podcast, and I'm going to keep it a longer podcast because you know something? I had to work hard for this podcast. I have so much bloody audio. It's not even funny. What a mess Afghanistan is. Oh my God, it's just getting worse. Two suicide bombers on Thursday uh, blew up the airport. The recent counts right now are between two and 400 Afghanis dead, 13 U.S. Marines dead, or 13 U.S. military men, 12 were Marines, one was a Navy corpsman, he was a medic, and 15 Marines injured. So we're not even sure where this is. The number of Afghan casualties is kind of iffy because the Taliban is not giving out any statistics. The attack was implemented by ISIS-K, a new cell of ISIS fighters. The K stands for Khorasan, 
which is a province of Afghanistan. This basically is a group of Taliban fighters who think the Taliban is not extreme enough. Go figure. How that happens, I don't know. I guess chopping off heads and burning women alive is not considered extreme enough. But they're also not in love with the Taliban. So these are a bunch of Taliban fighters. There are also there are also only a few hundred fighters. There are not very many of them out there. Uh, but like Al-Qaeda, they're sneaky and devious, which basically means they're cowards. Okay. A translator for the U.S. Marines was interviewed by Fox News, and he described the horrid event. I'm an Afghan translator for the United States Marine Corps. I was over here to go and get him, go to the airport and get on the plane and get out of here. There was an explosion that happened. Inside the crowd, a lot of people got hurt, and I got a baby girl that she was five years old. She died right in my hand. So I don't know what exactly is going on over there, but I think some of the Americans, they got hurt too. And so people are running around. Right now, I have some casualties with me in my vehicle, and I'm taking them to the hospital. This guy is an effing hero. So not only does he survive a bomb, he sits back and he has to watch a child die, but now he's loading his van up with uh, Afghani injured to take him to the hospital? And this guy is doing all this under the threat of the Afghan, of the Taliban? Because you know this guy is dead. If he doesn't get out of Afghanistan, he's going to die. They're going to hang him They're going to shoot him in the back of the head. They're going to uh, chop his head off. And then they're going to kill his entire family. This guy is a freaking hero. The the U.S. decided to close all entrances to the um, airport. Uh, Warnings are going out that people, they expect more attacks. And that people should leave the airport evacuate the fences outside the airport and they're limiting the number of people who could come in as if they could limit it anymore. Don't know about you, but it looks like Americans and American allies are stranded, unlike what Jen Psaki says. I don't know how Jen Psaki is going to spin this because suddenly everything she sat back and said was that this was heroic, it was victory, blah, blah, blah. Running away without dying is victory. Well, now people have died. 13 Marines have died. And by the way, I'm going to say this probably once more, maybe twice more, maybe five times more. This is impeachable. Right now, this is impeachable. Right now, this is enough for the 25th Amendment. Right now, this is enough for Joe Biden to say, you know what, I'm incapable, I need to resign. But even with this mess, as bad it is now, the Biden administration continues to make mistakes and continues to make it worse. On Wednesday, the Biden administration was asked how they're going to get Americans out of Afghanistan if we can't pull them out by Tuesday, which is August 31st, which is the drop dead date. He quipped with a smile, when I find out, you will be the first one I call. Now, the funny thing with this is not that he made a joke in one of the worst 
military disasters in 7 to 20 years is that the White House, they cut him off before he could actually say it. Here is the question. And the question was from, I believe it's the AP's Peter Alexander. Here is, here it is. Thanks for being here. We're going to go private now. That silence at the end, that's the white, he, him answering. I'll tell you when I know. When I know, you'll be the first one I call. The White House cut that off. Now, the reporters heard it. The reporters heard this little quip. And it was, wouldn't be so bad if he didn't have a smile on his face. He actually was joking about this. Well, Peter Ducey, God bless Peter Ducey. And you're going to see Peter Ducey. He let the cat out of the bag when it came when it came to Joe Biden in his press conference yesterday. Peter Ducey decided to go after Jen Psaki about this little joke that Joe Biden is having. Thank you, Jen. At the tail end of the president's remarks today about cybersecurity, he was asked about Afghanistan, and he made a I think joke. Peter asked him that question. The other Peter did, and he made a joke. So what's so funny? Well, I think the question he was asked, if I remember correctly, was about uh, when he will provide information about a decision on August 31st. I don't want to paraphrase the question, if that was an inaccurate description of the question. Very important a lot of people watching. Of course it's a very important question. And I think what he conveyed uh, what is that um, he has not – well, what I can convey from here, I should say, is that, uh, as he stated yesterday, and as the Secretary of State just stated, we're on track to complete our mission by August 31st. No, Jan. That's not what he conveyed. He made a joke. He said when he figures out how to get people out of Afghanistan, he'll call that reporter first thing. That is a lie. He said nothing about August 31st. The reporters heard it. And the people that were actually running film recorded it. He made a joke about something very serious. Again, they're lying. They continue to lie. Remember, remember, don't answer the question that is asked. Answer the question that you want to. That's exactly what Jen Psaki just did. So the screw-ups continue. Biden still refuses to extend the deadline past August 31st to get uh, green card carrying members of the United States, uh, American citizens, and uh, or and American sympathetic Afghanis out of Afghanistan. He refuses to extend the airport's perimeter. He is trusting the Taliban for that security. You're trusting the Taliban. This was these were the people that actually put cover over the Al Qaeda, who is responsible for destroying the twin towers a couple of the other towers, and, last I checked, the Pentagon, and they tried to hit the Capitol building on September 11th, 2001. He, we won't even talk about him closing Bagram Air Base. That was insane. He blamed the, blamed the Taliban on this terrorist attack, 
And guess what? The Taliban blamed him. Well, I mean, that's their security perimeter. The Americans should be taking care of it. And by the way, there's some thought that maybe the Taliban was involved. Remember I told you how many checkpoints they had? Well, how did that character get through the checkpoints? Well, that's a good question. We don't know. Taliban hates the United States. ISIS hates the United States. Al-Qaeda hates the United States. ISIS-K actually did take responsibility for the bombing. But the other question is, um, did they support it? Did Taliban support it? Did Al-Qaeda support it? Now, those three groups hate each other. But that doesn't mean they won't do anything to embarrass the United States. So, uh, other issues. Biden gave a... This is incredible. I don't even understand it. Biden actually gave a list of green card holders. Uh, gave a list to the Taliban of green card holders um, and American citizens to the Taliban. Including, apparently, their locations. The Taliban has already said that Afghans can't leave. And because the uh, Taliban doesn't want to lose all the smart people that the Americans have trained for forever. The Taliban is already executing any Afghan Afghans who worked with the Americans. You can almost assume some of those are going to be green card carriers. The Taliban is taking papers, passports, etc. away from Americans. And then beating the crap out of the Americans. We know this. Now the Taliban knows who to look for? Specifically? And knows where they're located? They don't have to wait for an American or a green card holder to actually come to the United States, come to a checkpoint? Now they can just go right to their houses? This is the same idiocy that Biden did when he gave Putin, hey, our infrastructure we don't want hacked? Here it is. These are the 16 points of infrastructure we don't want hacked. What the frick are you doing? Absolutely insane. Well, it gets better. A watchdog group uh, called Open Books found the total weapons that we left behind. $83 billion in weapons and technology. This includes... 75,000 vehicles, ground-based vehicles. We haven't gotten to the planes yet. 600,000 weapons, 208 planes and helicopters. Of that 83 billion of equipment we left, we left 200 million in drone technology. This technology is probably going to be bought by China and reverse engineered so they can improve on their drones because China can't create a, God, a bloody thing. They also took biometric data, which will allow them to get this, identify Americans, green card holders, and Afghan allies. Guess what they're going to do with that? They're just going to scan a fingerprint, and if it matches something that's in that database, then they can just shoot you in the back of the head, or burn you alive, or behead you, and then kill your entire family. This is absolutely freaking insane then there was and then it just got worse there was the press conference on Thursday after the terrorist attacks this 
was, I got to say, delicious. Biden had this speech. He was 30 minutes late for the speech because, I don't know, I guess he doesn't. I, he's got more important things to do than talk to the American people about his major F-up over in Afghanistan. They already put a lid on all of the other uh, press conferences for that day. So the uh, Department of Defense didn't have their press conference. The Secretary of State didn't have his press conference. And Jen Psaki's press conference was actually postponed to almost 6 p.m. Eastern time. Because they weren't, they weren't interested in actually having a conversation. I honestly thought they were going to have a lid on the entire thing. But I'm sure they listened to the news and they realized, oh God, Biden is losing a lot of allies now. Even the media is beginning to say Joe Biden is gone. So he did make a speech. It was, to say the least, pathetic. Now, he spent the first 10 minutes praising the soldiers who were killed in Afghanistan. That's not a shock. Then he said something I absolutely, positively hated. The situation on the ground is still evolving, and I'm constantly being updated. These American service members who gave their lives, it's an overused word, but it's totally appropriate here, were heroes. Heroes who've been engaged in a dangerous, selfless mission to save the lives of others. They're a part of an airlift, an evacuation effort unlike any scene in history, with more than 100,000 American citizens, American partners, Afghans who helped us, and others taken to safety in the last 11 days. Just in the last 12 hours or so, another 7,000 have gotten out. They're a part of the bravest, most capable, the most selfless military on the face of the earth. Okay, did you catch it? Did you catch it? Yes, he praised the troops and called them heroes. That's fine. It's true. But there are a couple things he said that really should have stuck out to you. Basically, he patted himself on the back for the airlifts. What? The Berlin airlift was to bring support to East Berlin during the Russian occupation. It was the greatest military and humanitarian mission in probably world history. We were actually trying to save people from the communists. Here, he's making the comparison with running away, retreating, it's as great as the Berlin airlift where we were giving people food, water, fuel to survive with we're trying to run away without getting killed. And after all this is done, we're going to leave at least 1,500 Americans in Afghanistan, probably more, and thousands of Afghans who helped the United States during the war. The Berlin airlift and the airlifts we're doing now are not comparable. They're very different. And the military ran those. The military was proud of the Berlin airlift. There's nothing to that we should be proud of here. And by the way, the 100,000 people that we evacuated, really 105,000 today, how many Americans and Greek card holders 
are of that 100,000. That's never discussed. How many countries were involved in that? How many people did America pull out? That's not discussed. We know France, Britain, and Germany are actually going into the country and taking, extracting their citizens. The United States is not doing that. I don't want to hear 100,000. How many have we actually pulled out? Because my understanding is 80, maybe 70,000 people were extracted by Britain, Germany, and France. Insane. A lot of people thought this speech was okay. I didn't. never thought this thing was okay. I thought it was terrible. And I, I take it back. A lot of people didn't think it was okay, but they thought it was some of the things he said was acceptable. I thought he used a ton of political tricks. Like he's like in the in that last clip where he gives you statistics but those statistics are skewed in a way that make the United States look bigger than they are. Here's the most common political tricks that people always hear from politicians, especially during debates and I know I pointed this out in the past. Listen to clip number 2. Being the father of a Army major who served for a year in Iraq and before that was in Kosovo as a U.S. attorney for the better part of six months in the middle of a war. When he came home after a year in, a, in Iraq, was diagnosed, like many, many coming home, with an aggressive and lethal cancer of the brain. We lost. We have some sense, like many of you do, what the families of these brave heroes are feeling today. You get this feeling like you're being sucked into a black hole in the middle of your chest. There's no way out. My heart aches for you. This is a cheap political trick, and I hate when politicians do this. You know who never did this was President Trump. This is an attempt to create an emotional bond between himself and the people who are listening using emotion. It's the binding that the Emperor, Emperor Palpatine did between Rey and Kylo Ren in Star Wars. Oh, you guys are bound by emotion. Usually this is done when there's something, he's not going to get a lot of love from the press. He's not going to get a lot of love. And there's a question on the table that he doesn't want to answer. You see this a lot in debates. As you'll see the rest of the speech, he never actually answers any questions. He never says, what are we going to do? He says, this is what we're going to do. He doesn't say how we're going to do it. Here's the reality. And this is going to sound cold. I really don't care about your past experiences. Joe Biden's kids mean nothing to me. Okay? They didn't die in Afghanistan because of his crappy decisions that he made as president. His kid died of a brain tumor. Sad, but completely irrelevant here. You know whose kid died too? Mine. And you know what? Um, that had nothing to do with this crappy decision either. These 13 soldiers and two Afri Afghans died because of his bad decisions. And him having a son that died of brain cancer, not really relevant to the story. But let's, let's get to it. I love this part. 
to those who carried out this attack, as well as anyone who wishes America harm, know this. We will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down and make you pay. Okay, um, here's the question. How? What are you going to do about it? Why is this nothing but an empty threat? You lost the air bases in Afghanistan and Pakistan. Afghanistan is a, lo- a landlocked country, which means you don't have... Sticking a, uh, a aircraft carrier is not going to do anything. How are you going to take revenge? How are you never going to forget? How are you never going to forgive? And how are they going to know? And why would they care? It, it, it's a crappy. It's a it's a crappy statement. It's a stupid statement. It's a political trick to make people think that he's tough. He's not. You're not tough. You're a paper tiger. Let's listen to this next one because this one just ugh. As they will tell you, I granted every request. I re- reiterated them today on three occasions that they should take the maximum steps necessary to protect our forces on the ground in Kabul. And I also want to thank the Secretary of Defense and the military leadership of the Pentagon and all the commanders in the field. There has been complete unanimity from every commander on the objectives of this mission and the best way to achieve those objectives. Those who have served through the ages have drawn inspiration from the book of Isaiah when the Lord says, Whom shall I send? Who shall go for us? American military has been answering for a long time. Here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, send me. Each one of these women and men of our armed forces are the heirs of that tradition of sacrifice, of volunteering to go in harm's way, to risk everything, not for glory, not for profit, but to defend what we love and the people we love. And I ask that you join me now in a moment of silence for all those in uniform and out, military and civilian, who have given the last full measure of devotion. This just makes me sick. This really makes me sick. He tries to make himself look sympathetic and empathetic. He's not. If he was, he doesn't... I'll, I'll tell you what, he doesn't give a damn about anyone he left behind. And he is leaving people behind. And people are going to die. They're going to die on film. Everyone's going to see it. It also shows he doesn't understand anything about the military or the honor that the military has. I know a ton of Marines. I was in the Army. They see this, and the Marines want revenge. They want to be there. They're there to protect Americans. That's their job, and they love it. I bet there are 10,000 Marines right down the street at Camp Pendleton that are sitting back and want to be put on a plane. So that they can land at that airport and start beating the crap out of the terrorists there. And I thought him using the Bible passage of Isaiah was just disgusting. This is a man who believes in killing babies. What he did over there was immoral. He shouldn't just be kicked out of office. He should be going to hell. He killed people. His bad policies, his bad planning killed people. And he doesn't give a 
darn. He has blood in his hands. And then what does he do? He doesn't take any responsibility for it, and he lies about it. But in this next clip, this is where Biden lets the cat out of the bag. And this isn't the only time he lets the cat out of the bag. But this is, this is the first one. May God bless you all, and may God protect the troops and all those standing watch for America. We have so much to do. It's within our capacity to do it. We just have to remain steadfast. Steadfast. We will complete our mission, and we will continue after our troops are withdrawn to find means by which we can find any American who wishes to get out of Afghanistan. We will find them, and we will get them out. We're leaving people behind, period. There's no question. He doesn't care. He just admitted it. And basically what he's saying is, hey, we'll deal with you later. Hey, this is the one thing President uh, Joe Biden wants to do. He wants the public to forget about this. He'll leave 1,500 people over there. And he's hoping that people will, three, four weeks after this thing ends, they'll just forget about it. He doesn't care. That's not Him caring is not a thing. And he's proving it right here. I always said Joe Biden isn't running anything up there. I don't think he's the president anymore. I think he's like, you know, Woodrow Wilson's wife who became president because Woodrow Wilson ended up a vegetable. But here he lets the cat out of the bag also. This is a really bad look. And I can't believe this happened. And I know it's not on the screen. I know he said this off the top of his head, but it's absolutely true. Joe Biden is not in control anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, they gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was Kelly O'Donnell of NBC. Can you actually believe he said that? The President of the United States. Who the hell is telling him what to do? Who is instructing him? Can you imagine Trump actually sitting back and saying, hey, uh, no, my handler says I need to talk to individuals here. He needed to just select people and answer questions off script. That's what he needed to do. He needed to go up there and act like he was in charge. But he was given a script and he was instructed on what to do. He looks weaker by the second. But this gets worse. Here we see the media. This is about the media now. We're going to get to the worst part. But this this is a really just jacked up question. It's a loaded question. And it's all to protect old Joe. Amir, Associated Press. Oh, th thank you, Mr. President. You have spoken, um, again, powerfully about uh, your own son and the weight of these decisions. With that in mind, and also what you've said, um, that the longer we stay, the more likelihood that there would be a major attack. How do you weigh staying even one more day considering what's happened? Really? 
That's your question. You've been sitting back waiting an hour to get a hold of him. No wonder he was on the list. A powerful message about his son? Doesn't the reporter mean the irrelevant message about his son? What what exactly does his son have anything to do with this? Zero. Also, see how he's pushing Biden? How he's pushing Biden, pushing that Biden was right about the attacks? And now he's wondering why he leaves earlier? I'm going to say something that people would call racist. Is it a coincidence his name's Amir? Maybe he also wanted him out of Afghanistan? He's not questioning how Biden ended up killing 13 soldiers and a couple hundred Afghans by his piss-poor decisions. He's asking, why don't we turn tail and scurry away like a scared rat earlier, faster? It's just an incredible question. Luckily, Biden only asked, had a list of three people he asked. And the other two people, they weren't exactly... Here's the thing. The media is not exactly buying Biden's bullshit anymore. Oh, I just cussed. Sorry. But they're not buying it anymore. So, let's continue. Because it, it, it does it does actually get better. This is a great press conference. <laughs> I wanted to ask you... Uh, okay. You say that what America says matters. Um, what do you say to the Afghans who helped tr- troops... Um, who may not be able to get out by August 31st. I what, say we're going to continue to try to get you out. It matters. Look, I know of no conflict as a student of history, no conflict where when a war was ending, one side was able to guarantee that everyone they wanted to be extracted from that country would get out and think about it, folks. I think it's important. For, I know the American people get this in their gut. There are, I would argue, millions of Afghani citizens who are not Taliban, who did not actively cooperate with us as SIVs, who have given a chance They'd be on board a plane tomorrow. It sounds ridiculous, but the vast majority of people in communities like that want to come to America, given a choice. So getting every single person out is can't be guaranteed by anybody because there's a determination all who wants to get out as well. At any rate, it's a process. This is a lie. The military did not agree with any of this. And they never agreed to a pullout. Heck, the Secretary of State and the Secretary of Defense already have contradicted Biden on this. This was all unilateral. This was all Biden's decision. Now, let's hear the second part of this question, because this is what we were talking about a little bit earlier uh, when it comes to giving the names and identities of people to the Taliban who had green cards and were Americans. With regard to, there are certain circumstances where we've gotten information, and quite frankly, sometimes from some of you, saying you know of such and such a group of people are trying to get out, they're on a bus, they're moving from 
other people. And this is their location. And there have been occasions when our military has contacted their military counterparts in the Taliban and said, this, for example, this bus is coming through with X number of people on it, made up of following group of people. We want you to let that bus or that group through. So, yes, there have been occasions like that. And to the best of my knowledge, in those cases, the bulk of that has occurred. They've been let through. But I can't tell you with any certitude that there's actually been a list of names. I know there may have been, but I know of no circumstance. It doesn't mean it's not didn't exist. That here's the names of 12 people that are coming and let them through. It could very well have happened. This is disturbing because this is the president of the United States. He can't be certain. He can't be sure. He's the president of the United States. Shouldn't he know? This is, my Lord, if this is not a dereliction of duty, I can't think of what is. You don't know? You're not sure? You're uncertain? Shouldn't you have asked somebody if you weren't sure, uncertain, or I can't be sure? Are you too busy watching the Matlock Marathon in your basement in Delaware? Finally, Peter Ducey gets a hold of him, and this is the ugliest scene of the press conference. If there was any support for Biden, this battle between Ducey and Biden may have ended any doubts that Joe Biden is incompetent, not with us. It will end any doubt that he is fit for the job. This is, without a doubt, for the Biden administration, the worst part of this press conference. Here, Biden shows his frustration, his surrender, his cowardice. He actually puts his head on his binder. He doesn't look at the camera. He doesn't look at Peter Ducey. He just looks like a little kid who puts it in school, who puts his head on his desk because someone took away his freaking yo-yo. Now, if you ever get the chance to see the video, if you haven't yet, you need to go to YouTube and look this up or go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. It will be there. It is truly embarrassing. And the Biden administration, I don't think they could even have an answer to it. And what really disturbs me is the press conference, after this conference, after this new press conference with Biden, no one ever asked anything about it. The press conference the next day, no one asked anything about it. Because I would have asked, was this really a good look? That the president puts his head down in frustration? And I would have said frustration. I wouldn't have said cowardice. I wouldn't have said anything. But this looked really bad. And listen to his answer, because it doesn't get any better. I'll take one more question. Wait, 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 wait. Let me take the one question from the most interesting guy that I know in the press. That's you. Mr. President, there had not been a U.S. service member killed in combat in Afghanistan since February of 2020. You set a deadline, you pulled troops out, you sent troops back in, and now 12 Marines are dead. You said the buck stops with you. Do you bear any responsibility 
for the way that things have unfolded in the last two weeks. I bear responsibility for fundamentally all that's happened of late. But here's the deal. You know, I wish you'd one day say these things. You know, as well as I do, that a former president made a deal with the Taliban, that he would get all American forces out of Afghanistan by May 1. In return, the commitment was made, and that was a year before. In return, he was given a commitment that the Taliban would continue to attack others, but would not attack any American forces. Remember that? I'm, I'm being serious. I, no, I, I'm asking you a question. Be, uh, because before... No, 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 wait a minute. I'm asking you a question. Is that, is that accurate, the best of you or not? What? I think they have an issue that people are likely to get hurt. Some, as we've seen, have gotten killed, and that it is messy. The reason why, whether my friend will acknowledge it or has reported it, the reason why there were no attacks on Americans, as you said, from the date until I came into office, was because the commitment was made by President Trump, I will be out by May 1st. In the meantime, you agree not to attack any Americans. That was the deal. That's why no American was attacked. I think this is going to be the one response that's going to be remembered for years. Okay, first off, another little political trick. If you're watching... If you're watching someone speak, if they say something and then there's a but in the middle of the sentence, ignore everything they said before the but. So whenever someone says, it's my fault, but, okay, he's not admitting it's his fault. It's always but. And there are other words, like however is another is another point. Second off, Biden is blaming Trump. This is all Trump's fault. And he shouldn't have been blamed at all. And Biden shouldn't be blamed at all. Trump should. There are a couple of problems with this theory. First, Trump didn't have anything to do with the pullout. That was all on Biden. His half, Biden's half-assed plan killed those troops. Trump has already said the pullout goes a certain order. And Trump has already said he he's been interviewed the trump goes it the pullout goes in a certain order and the pullout should go very quietly like no one knows we're missing first citizens are removed second diplomats are removed third equipment is either moved destroyed or disabled and finally troops are removed and that should not be something you make an announcement on Biden removed the troops without first considering any of the other prior three. He didn't think twice about it. Also, Trump and Mike Pompeo's plans were a conditioned-based plans, conditioned-based agreements. I believe there were four conditions that the Taliban had to keep in order for 
Americans to pull their troops out. Back in December of 2020, January of 2020, I'm not sure of the exact date, the Trump administration admitted the Taliban had broken all those conditions. They were never intent on pulling out. I do want to point something out. I, I think Trump negotiating with the Taliban was a bad idea anyway. I never thought this was a good idea. I personally would have rather seen Trump just kill them all. Because the Taliban doesn't give a damn about the United States. These are 8th century barbarians. These are barbarians that are dealing with 8th century philosophy. These are not normal people. You can't bring 21st century philosophical values to an 8th century band of barbarians. Uh, Dare I say it, savages. I, I, but here's the thing. I, here's the last uh, clip I had. And by the way, he said this when Peter Ducey, and, and we're not even talking about him putting his head on his book. And the guy looks completely gone. He looks completely lost. He looks completely frustrated. I would not be shocked if next week he resigns. Because he looks like he's completely out of his element. And Biden now looks like he knows he's completely out of his element. It is going to be a video clip that is going to be viral for years. That he just looks like he quits. He puts his head down like a spoiled child who lost his yo-yo. It was, it was actually very hard to watch that you can't believe a United States president would do something like this. I know if Trump did it, oh my Lord, not only would he mess up his hair, the press would be on him like fleas on a dog. But this is something. He said this. I don't know why he would say something like this, but he did. Listen. Yes, I do, because look at it this way, folks. And I'm going to, I have another meeting for real. But. Another meeting for real? There's nothing more important than addressing the American people about this disaster that is going to destroy us as far as foreign policy concerns. Years. This is going to be a disaster. Cancel or postpone and cancel or postpone the other meeting. You've got China who's threatening Taiwan. You've got Russia who's threatening another couple of... Do you really think this is the time to postpone a meeting? That you shouldn't postpone a meeting? This is insane. And then, for real? You know, here's the thing. Biden has been lying so much, he needs to convince the public and the media that he isn't lying now. It's It was a really bad look. It was a really bad statement. Biden looked old, tired, lost, frustrated, and he lies like a rug. He needs to be impeached. And you can't impeach him 
Because if he's given any money to a terrorist organization like the Taliban without congressional approval, he can be impeached. The 13 soldiers, because of his bad planning, could be considered an impeachment. He needs to resign. I don't think he'll do that. Or the 25th Amendment should be implemented. Because obviously he's mentally compromised. And by the way, with the impeachment thing, uh, the Hunter Biden thing should be enough to impeach him. It's really, I, it's pretty obvious. Hunter Biden lost three laptops while he was hookers admitting that his dad was involved in some kind of bizarre things. This guy is done. So what What are the Democrats going to do? Absolutely nothing. They're not going to do anything. They don't want him out for the 25th Amendment. They don't want him to resign. And there will not be an impeachment. Because here's the problem. Who's in the wings? Kamala Harris. Nobody likes her. If I had to guess what's going to happen, Biden's going to resign. Because I think Biden's beginning to realize he's bit off more than he can chew. I mean, we're falling apart in this country. Gas prices are sky high. Inflation is sky high. We're having gas shortages. His foreign policy is a disaster. We've got a problem at the border. And I'm just naming a couple. So I don't see how he's going to survive this. And I think Joe Biden is going to have a little insure. He's going to have a great episode of Matlock. He's going to have some sort of clarity. And he's going to say, I can't do this anymore. I can't do it. Or maybe Jill or Hunter will worry more about him than themselves and say, Joe, let's end this. Let's move on. Okay, uh, I'm sorry it was so long, but I had a lot of passion here. I, I really did. I, I think this whole thing was a disaster. I hope to God this weekend, I know it's a lie, we're going to have problems this weekend. I hope I don't have to talk about Afghanistan Monday. I'd like to talk about more about culture and some of the other things, and there's a lot of other things. Visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Take a look at my show notes. Take a look at my video clips and audio clips. I hope you have a great weekend. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Mm-hmm.